Hey guys, Pastor Bear here. Welcome to the podcast for Real Church. We meet every Sunday at 11.15 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sherpsburg. You can also check us out online at www.realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. I hope you enjoy this week's message. You guys can go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. And I'll let you know where we're going to be at in a second. Genesis chapter 3. In the beginning. In the beginning is how the scriptures start. In the beginning. The Bible says that in the beginning that God created the heavens and the earth. And we see, we see that in the beginning he does all of this creating. And then we get to Genesis chapter 3. And we see an event that takes place. And so I want you to know something. The title of the series is called The Me I Want to Be. But you can't truly understand the full depth of the series unless you understand first where you originally came from. And so the Bible says that in the beginning that God created us and he created you and he created me and he created humans and humans had a special connection with God. As a matter of fact, humans were to reign over, to be to have dominion over the creation of earth that God actually had, had done for us. He trusted us. But see, unlike the animals and unlike the trees and the ground and all these things, humans had a special connection with God. As a matter of fact, there was a communion with God. There was a oneness with God that we see in the beginning. And we see things that um, describe, especially in Genesis 1, 2, and 3, we see things that describe that communion with God. We see the special relationship that God had with his creation. And there was a connection there. And the nature, the nature that we held at that time is different than the nature that you hold and I hold now. So that's the first thing you need to know. That in the beginning, your nature, your very nature, the thing that we are made of, the thing that we are, we fall back on, that very nature, that nature is different now than it was then. What occurred, and everyone knows this for the most part, but what occurred was that there was a choice made by the people that God had created, Adam and Eve, there was a choice made because of the desire to be like that who created them, be like God. And when they made the choice, the scriptures define at that very moment that a disconnect happened between God and his creation. A natural disconnect happened. And the nature, I want you to get this, the nature changed from a nature that was close and connected with God to a nature 
that was fallen from God. We know it as our sinful nature. When sin, when rebellion, remember, sin is anything, is any, a lot of us think sin is cussing and drinking, and I mean, that's what we think. Sin is actually anything that separates you from God. It's anything that separates you from God. Anything. That's why it's possible for someone to be sitting in a bar. Two guys can be sitting in a bar, drinking a beer. I know this is not popular to say, but it's true. The Bible never says anything about having a beer. The Bible says don't overdo it. And so if anybody ever tells you that it's not okay, well, it's not biblical to say that. Jesus changed water into wine. And no, it wasn't the grape juice. It was wine. Uh, you need to do it legally, but there could be two people sitting in a bar drinking a beer and one person could be sinning and one person not. Because the one person, the alcohol could be coming between him and God and the other person, not an issue. The one person may be addicted. The one person that may be his idol. The one person. So the nature, the nature, the nature that we have is one, anything that separates us from God is sin. And we began to have a sinful nature. So in order to understand where you're coming from, you have to, you have to understand what this sinful nature looked like. So the sinful nature was a disconnect. You know, uh, one of my favorite Christmas movies is Christmas Vacation. And I love the scene where he's trying to connect He's trying to connect the lights. There's a disconnect. Did you guys know in the scene where he punches the little Santa Claus out front that he actually broke his hand doing that and he filmed the rest of the movie with a broken hand? It's really funny. That's very trivia. Anyway, <clears throat> but listen, he, there, was, there was a disconnect that was happening, so therefore there was no light. And the same is true for you and of me. You know, you do not have to. We had the sweetest little, little girl over to the house last night, and she was so sweet, and she, she's like two years old, and she looked so cute and so sweet. And I was like, oh, my God, she's just the sweetest ever. And, and, and the person that was with us said, oh, but she can be a handful. And I was like, no, not that. Oh, yeah. Now here's the thing. No one taught her how to be. A, there wasn't a coach that said, now, listen, when your parents tell you one thing, you do the opposite. And whenever you get some, whenever you sneak in and you get some food, you lie about it. Oh my gosh, I was going to tell them. No, you lie about it. No one had to do that. No one had to coach that. What is that? Can I tell you what it is? It's our sinful nature. That's what it is, our sinful nature. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 20, there's an interesting thing that happens. An interesting thing that happens in Genesis chapter 3, verse 20. I really hope that everyone's not still thinking about whether or not it's sinful to drink a beer. I hope you guys have moved past that. If you, if you have a problem with that, just see me this week. We can sit down and open up the text, and I'll, I'll show you. But uh, let's move on to this. Um, uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 20. Genesis chapter 3, verse 20. Now, my Bible has little headings. Now, mind you, there was no headings whenever, you know, whenever Moses wrote this out. He didn't put, hmm, let me call this expulsion and hope. He didn't do that. They added it to give the context. And I've always read this and I've always wondered why. Well, I see the expulsion, but I don't see a lot of the hope. Let's read what it says. Then the man Adam named his wife. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Named his wife Eve because she's the mother of all. Let me see. Where are we at here? Hold on a second. Yeah. 
Uh, let's go to 22, if we could back there. Then the Lord said, look, the human beings have become like us, knowing good and evil. What if they reach out, take the fruit from the tree of life and eat it? Then they will live forever. So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden, and he sent Adam out to cultivate the ground for which he had been made. After sending them out, the Lord God stationed a mighty cherubim to the east of the Garden of Eden, and he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. I see expulsion, but I don't see hope. We must be missing something. Let's read it again. Then the Lord God said, look the, human, uh, look, look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. What if they reach out and take the fruit from the tree of life and eat it? Then they will live forever. So the Lord God banished them from the Garden of Eden, and he sent Adam to cultivate the ground for which he had been made. After sending them out, the Lord God stationed mighty cherubim to the east of the Garden of Eden, and he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. I see expulsion. I don't see hope. Well, you've got to go a little deeper to see the hope. Let's focus in on the text here where it says, verse 22. Then the Lord God said, look, the human being have become like us, knowing that uh, both good and evil. And then here it is. What if they reach out and take the fruit from the tree of life and eat it? Then they will live forever. I want to focus on that. Then they will live forever. You have to do a little bit more study in the word to see what the context is of those words in the original language. Here is how it really should read, honestly. It says, what if they reach out, take the fruit from the tree of life and eat it? Then they will live in this state forever. Then they will live in this state forever. Then they will live in a sinful state forever. So in order to give you and I hope, in order to give you and I peace, in order to give you and I the ability to not live in this state forever, God had to send us out. And that's what he did. He sent us out. But that's not the end of the story. If you have your Bible, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we'll start in verse 14. Some people had been saying that, that, that Paul and these guys were maybe off the rocker a little bit. And Paul said, well, I don't know if it seems like we're crazy. If it brings glory to God, that's great. Whether we're in our right minds or not, we just want Christ to benefit. And then he says this, either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our what? Old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for who? Christ, who died and who raised them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, from a sinful nature point of view, from a fallen point of view. 
All right. How differently we know him now. Here it is. This is what everyone knows. You guys, if you've been around church long, you've heard this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a what? A new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. So because of the fact that God pushed us out so that we would not have to live in that fallen state, that's the hope, because of that, and because from that very moment, you can read in in, uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, the first prophecy about Christ. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, the first prophecy about Christ uh, basically said, you're going to bruise his heel, but he's going to crush your head. That's the first prophecy about Christ. Even in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, right after, right after the fall, God already, already had, had, had the existence. He already had the plan. He already had everything. He, it, was already, it was already in place. And life has just folded it out to the point where Christ came. He died and he rose again. And the reason, the reason that we have the ability to become a new person is not because of what you can do, but because what Christ can do through you. And I want you to get that because if you're going to be the me I want to be, if you're going to be the person that you think that God had in mind when you were created, if you're going to be the person that God had in mind when you were created, you're going to need to identify this very fact that you can't do it on your own. I want you to hear that. Now, you guys have all heard that in sermons. They've, you can't do it on your own. And they've pounded the pulpit. Um, I don't want to pound this table. I may break it. So I'm not going to do that. But I want to tell you, that is the reason why you have the ability to do that. But here's what we do. Oftentimes, oftentimes, we have counterfeit versions of who we think we're supposed to be. Did you guys know there's counterfeit versions? There's counterfeit versions. There's counterfeit versions, and oftentimes, I want you to listen to this. Even though you now know that God has a plan and purpose for your life, even though, and I want you to I want to hear, hear, listen, this was individually. This is not, oh yeah, God's plan and purpose for everyone to prosper. Well, no, this is individually. This is all the way down to, listen, I want Barry to do this for this reason and this reason and that reason. I'm going to set him up and I'm going to use his past failures and I'm going to use everything that comes to mind to give him a future and a hope. And so, but we have oftentimes, because we are not connected, and we're going to talk about that next week, because we're not connected, we use counterfeit versions. And I bet you're going to identify some of these counterfeit versions. The first one, the me I pretend to be. The me I pretend to be. This is where you try to convince people that you are more important and you secretly fear that you're not. You try to convince people that you're smarter and you secretly fear that you're not. You try to put forward a good face for someone or something and you secretly fear that you're not. Here's what happens. These insecurities that are on the inside build a shell on the outside so that people see what you want them to see, but you never get to see or experience who God really created you to be. So you live your whole life, you live your whole life, instead of being a new creation, you live your whole life being a fake creation. And guess who the creator was? It was you. You were the creator. There's an example of this. Social media has made this so bad, hasn't it? Social media. I have a quick video I want you guys to check out. 
is that true or what? Is that true or what? Is that true that we want to portray something that reality is that we're not? And here's the secret I want you guys all to know. Every person has some insecurities. Most people are just as worried about what you think as you are what they think. And here's, I've told you this before, but those people that say, I don't care what anybody thinks, those people care the most. All right? That is how we do. We have a, this, this thing that we pretend to be. Here's the next one. Counterfeit versions, the me I think I should be. The me I think I should be. So I, I, I try to be something to someone that I'm not. And here, here's what usually happens. It's motivated by comparison. It's motivated by comparison. You compare your certain life and stage of life and how much money you have or what kind of car you drive or what kind of house you live in or what kind of husband you have or what kind of wife you have or what kind of dog you have or on and on and on to someone else and you say, wow, my life stinks. Their life is great because they have this thing or that thing. Their life must be better than mine. And so what I'm going to do is, is I should be that Because that is what success looks like. That is what fulfillment looks like. That's what joy looks like. That's what love looks like. That's what hope looks like. You pursue that. But the truth of the matter is, is that those people have the same struggles as you do. Those people have the same trials as you do. Those people have, let me, here's a test. If you've ever seen anyone lose weight, like let's say someone lost 50 pounds. And your first thought wasn't, man, they've lost weight. They look really good. Your first thought was, dang, I got to lose weight. Instead of celebrating them, you internalize it with you. If that's you, then you're probably guilty of this. You're probably guilty of this. The me I think I should be. Here's the next one. The me other people want me to be. The me other people want me to be. I've got to admit that I have, I have dealt with this a lot because um, I am a little bit rebellious. I know it shocks everybody. I know that's a shocker. I'm a little bit of a smart aleck, just a hair, all right? That's why I love working with middle schoolers because we can just all be a bunch of smart alecks together, right? Um, but no, listen, I, I have, have dealt with this. And what is this? Well, let me tell you what it is. It's people project their experiences, their life onto what they think you should do. Are you with me? They, they say, you need to do this. You need to do that. And in your mind, you're like, well, I need to be this way. I have a friend of mine who is a close, close friend of mine. And he is a pastor in Tennessee, we have known each other since we were 17 years old. He is a good friend of mine. And listen, he, he was on a ladder. We were hanging a sign. And he was on a ladder. I'm talking about way up there. And he was going to town on this ladder. Wham, wham. And he went, bam, and hit his thumb. And he said, oh, shoot. And I'm standing at the bottom of the ladder. And I'm like, hey, Paul, let me ask you a question. He said, what man I'm hanging this sign 
how did you do that? He said, how did I hang the sign? I, I leveled it, and you, you've been here. You know how I hung the sign. No, 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 no. How did you hit your thumb and not cuss? That's what I want to know. I don't care about the sign. I don't care if it falls. I want to know how you hit your finger and didn't cuss. I've driven with people that have been cut off in traffic. How did you do all that and not get angry? Now, we can learn from other people. And no one needs to cuss when you hit your thumb. All right? But the truth of the matter is, when I, at that age, because I was only like 20, 21, at that age, I was thinking, man, I am so, I, I have so much to learn. I am so, I need to be like him. Well, here's the truth. I'm not like him. And I, I never was intended to be like him. Because his personality is totally different than mine. He is much more laid back. You know what I mean? He's kind of got the laid back, steady personality. All right? And I am the guy that can be talking to you and thinking about cheesecake. All right? Is everybody with me? Maybe cheesecake was a bad one. I can be thinking about a squirrel. Squirrel, that's me. That's me. And I get a little bit animated sometimes. Well, he doesn't get animated a lot. He's kind of, you know what I mean? And for so long, I thought, you know, I, I, I need, if I'm going to be a pastor, I need to be more like him. And one day, God said, no, I don't want you to be like him. I want you to be like you. Because you are the one I'm going to use. Your personality, your life experiences, you. And when you work, I want to give you a little hint. When you work in certain types of churches, they try to mold you into what they want you to be as a pastor. And I don't think they do it on purpose, but they do. And I had to break out of that because I knew, I knew for myself, I would not be true to myself if I could not be me. It's one of the things I love about this church because you guys let me be me. But oftentimes people think their way is the right way. Their way is the right way, your way is the wrong way, and you need to do it the way I want you to do it. And the truth is, unless there's some kind of immorality or something sinful, the truth is, is there's a lot of ways. All right? Now, some ways may take longer. They really do. I've told you before, my wife knows the right way to fold a towel. She does. I learned later on in our marriage that she also knows the right way to do the dishwasher, to organize the dishwasher. My thought of the dishwasher is this. Throw as many dishes as you can. Run that sucker five times a day if you have to. They're in there. Run it. And if there's food left over on the dishes, don't take those out. Run it again. Are you with me? My wife wants to fit every little thing like she's packing a moving truck into the thing and she puts it in there and they come out crystal clean and everything's perfect one time. And I'm like, listen, water's kind of cheap. I'm good with it. <laughs> Dishwashers are like three or 400 bucks, man. I'm, my way's good. If it lasts five or six years, let's roll with it. But the truth of the matter is, the truth of the matter is, is there's people that want you to be a certain way. But you're not beholden to them. You're beholden to God. And oh, by the way, speaking of God, the next one is the me I'm afraid God wants me to be. The me I'm afraid God wants. See, a lot of us lack the trust in the plan that God has for us. What we do is, is we equate spiritual maturity with rules. Spiritual maturity equals rules. And so we have this checklist. So we get a, did I read my Bible today? Check. Did I pray today? Check. Did I give to the church? Check. 
I strongly encourage you to check that box. But anyway, let's go on. Did I hit my finger and not cuss? Check. All of those things. And we've been taught a lot of our life that if you don't do these things, then you're a quote unquote. I had someone ask me the other day, hey, listen, if I do this, am, 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 I, am I not being a good Christian? And I said, brother, if you'll let me know what a good Christian is, I will let you know. But I have no idea what that even looks like. I just know for me, my personal relationship is, is one that's steady. And it's one that sometimes I pray and sometimes I don't want to pray. Sometimes I, you know, I, I, I dig into the scripture for two hours and some days, you know, I go shoot basketball uh, and I talk to God that way. Or, and I could go on and on and on. But a lot of times we have this feeling like God wants us to do certain things. And most of the time, now God calls us to challenges, but most of the time, God has equipped you already for what he wants you to do. He's equipped you in your personality. He's equipped you in your talents. He's equipped you with all that stuff. And oftentimes, we try to do more. I think that one of the things that we will find when we get to heaven is that we worried way too much about impressing God, and he just wants us to live for him. That's it. That's it. He wants us to do and, and be who he wants us to do and be. Who he, listen, who he created us to be. You know, my, uh, Wendy was, was, had shared with me at one point, uh, my wife Wendy, she shared with me at one point that, that she really didn't know if she could go all in with God because she was afraid he was going to send her to Africa. All right? Now she's begging me to go on a safari. I'm like, look, you didn't want to go to Africa when God was going to send you. Now you want to go see a bunch of animals on a safari. Now, but seriously, you, you, she, she did. I mean, that, that was a concern. Um, and she didn't want to go to Africa. You know, there was other people that she saw maybe going to Africa and they were having food. Well, here's the thing. What I've realized is that those people were already gifted to do that. There's moms here who may think, well, I'm not doing enough for God. Maybe I need to, I need, I'm not praying and I'm not doing, can I tell you guys something? The most valuable thing you can do for God, mom and, and, and dads too, but especially moms because you guys tend to beat yourself up a little more. God gave you those children that you have. I can't think of a more godly thing to do than to raise those two children. God's okay if you skip reading the Bible, okay, if your kid has a need. God's okay if you, getting up with children and getting them off to school and doing those things, mom, because you guys beat yourself up, is just as much worship than anything else. It's saying, God, I, I am taking seriously what you've entrusted me with, and I'm pouring who you are into them, and I'm doing that by being the best mom I can be being the best dad I can be. Here's the final one. The me that fails to be. The me that fails to be. A lot of us, we're, men, we're really missing the mark mentally. We're missing it emotionally. We're missing it. Our soul is just tired. You feel empty. Uh, you, you, you attempt and you fail and you attempt and you fail and you attempt and you fail and you attempt and you fail. And you just feel like a failure. So what gives? We constantly feel like we don't measure up. We constantly feel like that we're not going to make any progress. Here's the thing that I've learned uh, in, in doing ministry and doing life. The destination 
is not the reward. The struggle is the reward. I want you to hear that. The destination is not where the growth happens. It's not. It's not. The destination is not where you grow spiritually. It's the struggle is where you grow spiritually. The destination is not where you feel like you've accomplished something. It's the struggle and the day in and day out where you feel like you've accomplished something. That's what's teaching you. That's what's guiding you. So here's a question. Do you want to be the best version of you? Do you want to be the best version of you? Here's a question I want you to ponder for next week. This is what we're going to talk about next week. And I know that you may say, oh, of course, real quick. No, I want you to think deeply on this question. Does God have my best interest at heart? I want you to think about that. I don't want you to say yes because you've always known that he has. And I want you to think in your life, deep down within you, can you honestly say that you 100% believe that God has your best interest at heart? Because before you make any progress and before you become who God had in mind when he created you, before you, you have to answer that question. And next week, we're going to talk about that question. Does God have your best interest at heart? Let me pray for you. Lord God, Thank you so much for being the one that gives us our personalities, that gives us our attitudes, that gives us our joy, that gives us our peace, that gives us our love for other people and for for ourselves. I pray that you would, God, show up today and do great things. Lord, we know, we know that that from your reading your text, we know that our nature Our nature is one to bend towards sin. Our nature is one to bend towards separation. But we also know that when we are connected to the source, when we are connected to what John 15 says is the vine, God, when we're connected to you, that we thrive. God, let us thrive. In the strong and mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast of Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or if you would like to contact us at Real Church, please go to our website at www.realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us on Sunday at 11.15 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Also, check out our website or Facebook page for directions. Until next time, God bless, and remember to love God, love others, and live real.